Meet Bucky Larson. Get out of here! You're fired! Fire! He was going nowhere. Don't let these people get you down. You're destined for greatness. <gasps> Until he made... Tonight, we're gonna watch nude movies. <laughs> a shocking discovery. Is that who I think it is? Bucky, that's your folks. I'm the son of two stars. This is my destiny. I'm gonna go to California, and I'm gonna be a star on the silver screen. This fall... We're making a movie! Bucky, lose the shirt. Drop your pants. Gretchen, now it pop out the puppies. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Jimmy will give you a ride home. He's not gonna jizz all over my car. Shut it? the fuck up, Jimmy! Nick Swartzen is... Bucky Larson. The award for best taint goes to... Bucky Larson! I don't know what a taint is, but if I have the best one, that's because of my mother! Bucky Larson, born to be a star. Boy. <laughs> yeah. All right. You like it a juice? You like it a juice? You know, I'm not going to do the thing we always do. Oh, the juice means the movie, and I say whether I like the movie. We're past that. <laughs> this movie sucked. We just kind of, we got to be open about it. I thought you were going to say what we always say in situations like this. I know we've said it before, but this time we mean it. This is the worst movie we have watched for this podcast. I was going to do that, but that, that sounds like I'm making a joke. And this is no fucking joke. No. This movie is the worst. Is it not the worst? Okay. It's got to be worse than Freddy Got Fingered, right? Yes, uh, that was one of my notes, says this is making me think fondly of Freddy Got Fingered. Like, as terrible as that movie was, I was watching Bucky Larson, Born to be a Star, at 6 in the morning today. <laughs> we watched it almost concurrently. We started around <laughs> 6 o'clock. I know, because you texted me and you're like, oh, I just watched this scene. I was like, wait, I, I watched that scene like 15 seconds ago. I'm, I'm in Ben's future right now. But here's the thing. Worse than, than Freddy Got Fingered. I don't know, remember where we landed on Freddy Got Fingered as far as its status as like an avant-garde art film. Like it's purposely alienating. I think we agree that it probably was. Like that was the intent. But it didn't matter. It still sucked. Yeah, no, I would never recommend anyone watch Freddy Got Fingered. But at least that has a point of view. Like that has an ethos where like I get what he was going for. I don't agree with it, but I get it. This, I don't – what the fuck – I yeah, it's Ugh. it's it's a joke that's not funny for an hour and a half. It's like if someone was telling you a knock knock joke, but then they just kept forgetting the fucking punchline, and then they just kept repeating it for an hour and a half. That's Bucky Larson, okay, born to be not, a fucking star. Not funny doesn't begin. I get. I I don't under, I don't I don't see how anybody making this movie, up to and including Nick Swartz and Adam Sandler, were like, yeah, people are gonna like this. No, it is one of the most upsetting movies I've ever seen, and it seems to be almost intentionally so, like in that Freddy Got Fingered way where it seems like they're going to – they're trying to make this just as upsetting as possible. But then you kind of see like, no, no, I don't think that's intentional. I don't think they're intending to make an upsetting movie. I think they're intending to make like the next – Billy Madison, like they want people to watch this movie and be endeared by Nick Swartzen. And it's just an abject failure. This movie is just gross every single scene. But I don't think they were going for that. I think they wanted you to go like, 
Bucky Larson. Yeah, I love him. I want to have a Bucky Larson talking doll <laughs> where he just makes monkey noises and jizzes. I want to give that to my children. I think that's what there, they were going for. There were extended moments in this movie watching this where I just started screaming. Like like post-traumatic stress disorder, but in real time screaming. Just like, no, I can't do it. No, no, no. Like, like it was, it was, it was, I mean, I, I say that a lot, like this movie hurt me. This made me feel physical, but this is like, you could use this to torture people. It was that bad watching it. And also I, I watched this on my computer and I have my uh, computer set to restart videos at the end. So they'll play in a loop. And so I did that. I forgot to turn off Bucky Larson. And so I just had it playing in the background while I was working on mute. So I saw Bucky Larson like fucking jizz all over the room like 17 times today. So I'm I'm very pissed off at this movie. And they they show the jizz, you know, it's like like remember in, in uh, Million Ways to Die in the West, you have the, the poop joke with Neil Patrick Harris. But it's like, OK, fine, whatever. It's him pretending to poop. But then you have to have a shot of the poop in the hat. Yeah. And it's like, you didn't fucking need that. No. You don't need to see the poop land on the old lady, or the, I mean the fucking cum land on the old lady's shoulder, or in the ice cream. Come on, guys. Yeah, it's well, and it's almost like they're being genteel with that, because you don't see any nudity. I mean, you see Nick Swartzen's butt, like, for a second. But there then when he's, when he's jizzing all over the place... Um, they're cutting away to people's reactions to it, you know? So I immediately was like, oh, I think they're doing that to, like, make this less gross. But then they instantly cut to, like, five close-up shots of jizz dripping off things. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, in Dumb and Dumber, when Jeff Daniels takes that big shit, you know what we don't see? The big giant shit. Like, we don't physically see it because it's gross to look at. And and of course we're also talking about uh, um, the Fairley brothers, the famous jizz scene in "There's Something About Mary." I don't think you ever actually see jizz, right? Or do you? I think for a second you see it like hanging off his ear, but it's just but, for a second. But it's also for the purpose of a joke that I largely works. Right. You know, so it's like this is just like isn't come funny? Oh no, there's a way to do gross out humor. Uh, intelligently and effectively. But yeah, this movie and a lot of movies that we've watched don't do it. You know, they'll be like, hey, this guy just shit his pants. Wouldn't it be funny if we just like saw the shit coming out of his ass? Well, no, that's not funny. The fucking first scene, I texted you like, because I didn't know you were watching it at the same time. I was like, dude, I got to warn you. The very first scene is a guy rubbing peanut butter on his dick and having goats lick it off. We're in for a bad time. And I it did not disappoint in that regard. And wait, why was that the first scene of the movie? From the first scene of the movie, this movie pisses you off because it's called Bucky Larson, Born to be a Star. We don't start with Bucky Larson. We start with just random people that we never see again doing disgusting things like a man putting fucking peanut butter on his dick and having a bunch of goats lick it off. And then we get the title card, Bucky Larson, Born to be a Star. And I'm like, wait, that's not how you start a movie. Your movie can't just be <laughs> me taking a shit. And then it's like title card Fargo. Like, no, that's you start your movie with your fucking characters. Unless you're shitting into the wood chipper that <laughs> kills Bushemi at the end. This Look. opening would have worked if he'd stayed in wherever he's from. Was he from Tennessee or something or Kansas? 
if this was like a small town and they're like, I found out my parents are porn stars, we're going to make a porn in town. Then the idea of establishing the town as like small town hillbillies with like some yeah. depravity under the surface, like all that would make sense. It's setting the stage for that. And then you'd meet that guy who likes fucking goats licking his dick and he'd be in the porno. That would fit. But no, he leaves this town in the first with the flimsiest first 10 minutes, setup yeah. for a fucking movie I've ever seen in my goddamn okay. life. I guess we are like 10 minutes into this, and we haven't really talked about what the fuck this movie is. For those what? of you who don't know, we should probably set up what Bucky Larson, Born to be a Star, is about. So would you like to give a plot synopsis of Bucky Larson, <laughs> Born no, to be a Star? Well, okay, it's about a guy, Bucky Larson, who I am almost certain was just Nick Swarsden, did a funny voice, and was like, hey, let's make an entire movie about that. And then what's the character going to be? Oh, I guess he's he's a nerd, so he's probably going to want to be in porn. So he finds out that his parents, played by the dad from Richie Rich, and I didn't recognize the mom from anything. <laughs> They're like these folksy, you know, small town, Midwestern uh, parents. And it turns out back in the 70s, they did porn. And so he, Bucky Larson, who... I don't I never really understand throughout the movie what his understanding of what porn is is because well, he immediately sees them and goes like you're movie stars like he just yes. learned what porn was like in the previous scene but he at least knows that it's not regular movies well he's never seen pornography before he doesn't know what masturbating is his friends teach him how to masturbate in a terrible terrible scene Put that – just put that sound clip right here where he's talking about all the different ways to refer to jerking off just so that everybody listening to this will fucking – their faces will melt like the fucking Ark of the Covenant like yeah. mine did. No, it means rubbing your skin fluid after it gets stiff from seeing a pair of love balloons. Nope. Can't say I've done that. You no are women! Jeez, Bucky, I built my day around the whack. I get in a breakfast flapjack, a, a nooner, an after-lunch pre-nap slap, a post-work traffic jam slam, a pre-dinner spinner, an after-dinner dink, a dog walk leash pull, and then I round it out with a midnight snack whack if my folks are asleep. Jeez, you guys spend a lot of time on this. Is it really that fun? Better than Donkey Kong. No, I, I, I hated this scene incredibly. Um, but then so he moves to uh, Los Angeles to become a star in. But yeah, we'll have to get into that. But I don't understand why he chooses pornography specifically, because I just I, in allegiance to his parents. I don't know. We'll get into that. He but assumes anyway. it's his destiny because his parents were porn stars, that he's the yeah. son of porn stars. He should be a porn star. But we'll get to it because the, the whole fact that he wants to do porn as opposed to anything else is completely arbitrary because yeah. it follows that happy Madison formula of how you establish a goofy protagonist in a goofy movie like this it follows it so stringently that it doesn't matter it's all just plugged in bullshit nonsense yeah and it almost makes it seem like bucky larson only knows pornography to the point where he gets a legitimate audition for a commercial and he starts masturbating and it's like well does he think all movies are porn like is this the first time he's ever seen a movie when he's watching his parents have sex? I don't know, but we'll get into that. But to the plot, so he goes to L.A. to become a, a porn star, um, and it, eventually through a series of circumstances, he becomes a famous porn star, and he's famous because people like watching him because he has a very small penis, and he ejaculates almost in, instantly when he sees nudity. So when couples watch these porn movies, they instantly become more enamored with their partner because 
their partner is not Bucky Larson. So he becomes famous for being a porn star, uh, which upsets a rival porn star, which that doesn't really have anything to do with the plot. But he also has a love interest that's played by, oh, my God, poor, poor Christina Ricci. And that's that's the movie. It's Bucky Larson becoming and there's no real like intrigue or anything after that. I thought they were setting up like um, uh, what's the guy's name? Dick Shadow as like a villain, like who is going to take him down. Well, but in every other Happy Madison movie like this, he would be. He fills that role. They just forget to do that. Yeah, no, he has a like a rival in this movie, a, a porn star named Dick Shadow, who when Bucky Larson becomes famous, Dick Shadow's like, ooh, I hate that Bucky Larson. And that's where it ends. Like he just comes back and goes, man, Bucky Larson, I, I still hate you. But like he never tries to like take him down or like ruin his career. So he's not really a villain. He's just some rude man that Bucky Larson meets in his travels. Well, and we're skipping, uh, just skipping to the end. Like they do the thing where like, it would normally be this, like the mid second act turn where like something bad happens. In this case, his girlfriend just inexplicably, inexplicably leaves him. And then he finds out the reason for it. And then it turns out there was a misunderstanding or whatever. And then he has to run to, to get her back. They do all that in the last like 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. It's like, it's an hour and 20 minutes of dicking around literally and then in the last 10 minutes it's like oh we should probably introduce a plot and resolve it like real real quick so yeah i i thought i was like oh because he has sex with christina ricci it's the first time he's ever had sex because he his pornographies don't involve penetration so he has sex with christina ricci and the next morning she leaves him and i'm like oh so she must have been like maybe having sex with bucky larson um, was not as good as she thought it was going to be. And so now she's leaving him and that's going to have some kind of like conflict in his character. No, the next scene, Don Johnson's like, hey, I told Christina Ricci to dump you, but I feel bad about it. Why don't you go find her? And then the scene after that is he goes and then they get back together. And then it's the fucking end of the movie. Okay, before we go any further, I want to throw some things out here. First off, uh, 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a given. It's generous. But I don't I don't know that if you read this or not. This movie won no Razzies. Yes, I'm very upset about this. It was a runner-up for six Razzies and lost evidently all six of them to Jack and Jill. Yeah. And if you if you not listened to our episode where we talked about Jack and Jill, George and I were both pleasantly surprised that we didn't hate Jack and Jill. I'm not saying it's the greatest movie in the world. But it was mostly fine. No, it t- it was to the point where I I liked Jack and Jill. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. for what it was. And even if, but let's say we're fucking crazy. There is no fucking way that anybody watches both of those movies in their entirety, Jack and Jill and this, and ever comes to the conclusion that Jack and Jill is worse. If, if there's any indication that the Razzies are nothing but complete fucking bullshit, it is this. Yeah, well, I think how they work is you have to, like, just pay to be a member of the Razzies, and then you can just vote for the Razzies. So, like, anyone can be a member of the Razzies. They pick the lowest hanging fruit and the biggest bombs, you know? This movie was a terrible failure. I but also feel Jack like and Jill, worse than Jack and Jill. Yeah, I mean, technically it did. But Jack and Jill was like more of a high profile movie. Like you could have probably not known that Bucky Larson, born to be a star, was in theaters the two weeks it was allowed to be in theaters. 
you could have probably just missed it completely and never knew it existed. But Jack and Jill, I think, was a bigger target for punchlines. And again, unfairly, because we really enjoyed Jack we and did. Jill. Regardless of how it actually works in practicality, they didn't watch the movies. They did not watch both. Nobody watched Bucky Larson. Impossible. Who voted for the Raz- Razzies. No. You, they probably voted Bucky Larson, Born to be a Star, as worst movie and worst actor, just based on the poster and the trailer. But yes, watching Bucky Larson, Born to be a Star, was torturous. I hated every single second it was on my TV. And I also want to say, um, when I went on uh, uh, IMDb just to do, like to look up the the trivia and stuff, which there really isn't any, uh, I looked over to the side. You know how like they'll have like here's lists created by people that this movie is on, you know? Mm-hmm. And the top one is Shitty Movie Fridays, <laughs> where a guy gets watches a shitty movie every Friday and then made a list of them, and. It's just a testament to our, our show that way too many movies we've watched for this podcast were apparently on Shitty Movie Friday. <laughs> uh, G. Lee, Who's Your Caddy, Hail Caesar, Taxi, The Ridiculous Six, and also Going Overboard and Sandy Wexler, which we haven't watched yet, but I'm sure we'll get to them. Well, it's just a testament to how many shitty movies happen to feature Saturday Night Live cast members. Whoever the booking agent is that you know fucking hires people once they leave the show – uh, that guy needs to get fucking fired. Well, and for I would also say that uh, Jimmy Fallon being in Born to Be a Star, worse than blackface. I'm, I'm just gonna <laughs> say that right now. Where's our apology for fucking Bucky Larson? <laughs> yeah, the reason we're watching Bucky Larson is because Jimmy Fallon is in one scene playing himself. But this movie also has Kevin Nealon in it. Who, if there is one small little thing I can say that I might have like smiled at in this movie. It was Kevin Nealon. So well, the first thing he was in, I was like, Oh, I think I'm liking Kevin Nealon. And then he did something. I don't even remember what it was to just completely alienate me. And I was like, fuck no, I even hate Kevin Nealon. But yeah. over the course of it, he grew on me. The fucking grape thing was the one time I outright yes. right laughed. Did you eat one of my grapes? And he's pointing at the grape. And that's like, um, I think that scene comes at like the end of a montage or something. And like, it's almost like he's Bucky Larson's dream sequence. And then Kevin Nealon just wakes him up like, where are my fucking grape? Just one grape. He's well, got no, a bunch of grapes. He's, he's been, he broke up with Christina Ricci and he's crying in the bed. And he just comes into the room pointing at the hole where one of the grapes is missing. Yeah, that might be. Because, yeah, he's got a bunch of grapes, but he's pissed off because one grape is missing. And then I also did get a smile when there's a running... I'm going to say the word joke, but joke is in quotation marks. There's a running joke where Bucky Larson keeps um, stealing or drinking Kevin Nealon's milk. And then there's one point in the montage where Bucky Larson fills the fridge with milk to like make it up to Kevin Nealon. And he's waiting for his reaction. And Kevin Nealon sees the fridge full of milk, looks at it for a second and then goes, well, now where the fuck am I going to keep my grapes? So, like, there's nothing that can please Kevin Nealon's character. There's no winning. And I got a smile out of that. If there's one little, like, uh, fucking corn nugget I can dig out of this pile of shit, it's Kevin Nealon. He's not a, he's not gold in the shit. He's just a corn nugget in the shit. Where you see it and you go, like, oh, yeah, well, at least it's not shit. But it's got shit on it. I was going to say, I don't know what having a corn nugget in your shit that isn't made of gold adds to the shit. I feel like, like you would just... I can't eat it, 
I, I was mean, gonna say, it's, it's not like you're eating it again. But like, at least I, it's not all shit. There's one little corn nugget in there. And I feel like I'm almost we're doing our audience a disservice because like we both feel like we sound very deflated. Normally, when we get to a movie like this, like Epic Movies, one of my favorite podcasts, it's a terrible movie, but it's how animated we are talking. about. But this was so bad. It just like I don't know about you, but it brought me down. I have no energy. I slept all day today. It's you know, I, you work. I, it was my day off. I watched this. And I wasn't tired before. Like, I'm a, I'm a morning person. I work the early shift normally. So I wake up around 5 or 6. I watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this morning at 5 when it came on Hulu. And then I watched this. And I just – I had to go to bed for the rest of the day <laughs> until we recorded pretty much. I'm just like, I don't want to I don't want to exist awake in the world where fucking Bucky Larson exists. Yeah, no, it, it was downright – epic movie made me like viscerally angry so after we got done watching that movie i was like i need to talk about this one this movie made me like sad and like just like lethargic i'm just like it like beat it out of me Um, and it's well and you mentioned the joke i go well i know i've said this before the other joke was you know welcome to the last episode of Saturday Night Jive because i don't (laughs) want to do this anymore but i'm really feeling like i don't want to fucking do this anymore yeah no this was oh man this was so bad um i don't know if if there's anything you want to talk about with this movie but i do i am very confused about we touched on it kind of briefly what spurs bucky larson to be the porn star so to explain it to the audience bucky larson has never masturbated before he doesn't know what that is um but he goes over to his friend's house and they teach him how to masturbate and they show him a porn movie And the porn movie stars his parents. And instead of being grossed out by that, he sees that and goes, that's my parents. They're on the big screen. They're stars. And so he goes and confronts his parents. And rather than be like, you know, shocked or like, uh, you know, upset that the secret's out. The parents are like, oh, yeah, of course. You found our porn movie. Well, we were going to tell you, but I guess we'll tell you now. Yeah, we were porn stars. Whoa. We were going to tell you on your 50th birthday, but I guess you stumbled on it early. You made all of these. Sure did. Uh, 86, to be exact. And then so Bucky Larson goes to Hollywood to become a star. But, yeah, he chooses porn because why? No, that's that's the only reason. Again, I said the flimsiest setup of any movie ever. His parents were porn stars. He feels it's his, and some random old lady at the store that he worked with with fucking Booger from Revenge of the Nerds mm-hmm. said he had a destiny. And so then the next day or that night or whatever, he you know, finds out that his parents are in porn. So he's like, oh, this must be my destiny. That's it. That that equals movie, I guess. Yeah, because he also seems to have no concept of sex really you know so i mean seeing pornography before you see sex that must be confusing to a young man's psyche well because the whole impetus for this movie i feel is the joke of hey what if there was a porn star that had such a small dick that it made women like they appreciate their men more and he was a success that way, a reverse porn star, basically. That's the that's what some they were sitting around getting hired, getting drunk, and talking about. That then became this movie, and then it was like, well, okay, well, let's make a character built around that premise. And they got this character who has to be so painfully naive and such a man child, so as to justify the premise. 
that's i mean like i know you're trying to figure it out like you're trying to logic it out but i was literally writing like in my notes i have uh the porn dream seems so arbitrary why does he want this dot dot oh fuck it because i couldn't even finish writing it because it's like to give it the energy to try to figure it out is just like it's more than i fucking have to give man because i think to make it make more sense um, you know, he just he goes to L.A. to become a, a famous movie star. But then, you know, he falls into the porn industry um, and he can still be. I mean, you know, you can't. You, the fundamental flaw of this movie is Nick Swartzen's performance as Bucky Larson. You cannot create a character like this. Expect me to enjoy watching him and then have the audacity to give this character a love interest and make like pretend like I would ever care if he falls in love. I I think I'm sure we probably talked about this in our pumpkin episode with Christina Ricci. I I gain more and more respect for her every time we see her in something. Like the fact that she can make this even like 1% credible just by how virtue of her charisma, I, like the montage where he's teaching her how to be a waitress, like I, like she's in that and she's like clearly trying to make this something and make it work. And, and like the, that she even like was able to be in the same scene with Nick Swarsden doing his shit and like still come off like like a real fucking actress in the wake of this. It doesn't help the movie, but it's just like such thankless work from Christina Ricci, I think. Yeah. I worked with Bob Hoskins on my first movie. Now I'm working with Nick Swartzen. The, the reason why I felt bad for Christina Ricci is because she's so good in this movie. Like, I'm not saying like she's Oscar worthy in this movie, but she's like way better than that part deserves to be. But that's why I felt so terrible is just because I'm like, you could have been in a good movie. Like, well, maybe if, this was the only script you were offered, but I there must have been something else filming this week that you were on Bucky Larson that you I don't could know. have been I feel in. Like, I feel like she has a weird sensibility when it comes to the role she chooses, whether it be this or Pumpkin. Like I I think those are these are artistic choices that she's making that she wants to do something fucking weird. And she probably read the script of this and said, this is fucking weird. Maybe. Well, and then also you have to factor in that this is a Happy Madison production and Adam Sandler was on a hit streak in at this time. So if Adam Sandler calls you to be in your movie, sure, why the hell not? It's probably going to be a hit, right? You know what? He technically still is. I mean, it's now it's down to the cat level of Netflix, but, you know. Oh, yeah. Back in this day, though, this well, was Jack one of the Jill first. Was the end of it, basically, wasn't it? I mean, that was wasn't yeah. that, you know. This was the year that killed Happy Madison as far as a major, you know, non-Netflix production company. Yeah, I want to say Jack and Jill was really like, I mean, he had some bumps in the road, but, you know, he still had like anger management before this. And I think um, 51st Dates was a hit and like was audiences and critics enjoyed that for what it was. Well, like he had Little Nicky and that was a bomb, but it was like his first bomb. And then, but then I think he pulled himself out of it. And then it was Jack and Joe where it was like, okay, we're not, this isn't funny anymore. We can't do it. Even though, again, we're a fucking pro Jack and Joe podcast. And if any movie fucking justifies that position, it's fucking this. Bucky, grab your joystick. The game's about to begin. Uh, okay, a one hand or two. Oh, no, 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 just the one. You got to keep your other hand free in case you want to tap on your dirt button. <laughs> okay. Forget your dirt button. Okay. Just ice pick it, Bucky. Grab at it and really go to town. <laughs> <laughs> oh, up and down like a
like a pogo stick. Am I doing it now? Am I a wackos? You're a wacky machine. Oh, well, there's one question I did want to ask about this movie, and I may, this maybe this is just my crazy thing, and maybe you didn't see anything of this, but it was mostly in that first scene where he's talking with uh, Curtis Armstrong. You mean Curtis like, Booger Armstrong? Curtis Booger Armstrong. Okay, good, good, good. It felt like this was Happy Madison's attempt to do like a Napoleon Dynamite sort of thing. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Does I, that make any sense? Yeah, I can. I guess I can see that because I don't understand why anyone would think this character would be sustainable for a film would be appeasing to watch would be marketable. You know, you see Bucky Larson's face in a commercial for this movie. Does that make you want to go see it? I, the other piece of trivia I found online was just Nick Swartzen's reaction to it. And he's defense of it. Yeah. He defended the movie and said it failed because of the marketing. Cause like, well, we could, you know, we couldn't show all the dirty stuff and like the best jokes in the movie on the commercials. Because, you know, they wouldn't put them on TV. I'm like, no, dude, if you see a picture of your face and you say, come see this on the big screen, I'm not going. There's no fucking way I'm going. The trailer certainly would have put me off. And that's yeah. why I never saw it until now. But just the I'm, I, the poster, I think, is a little much. I, I, I'm not going to say that just seeing Nick Swartz in a movie, at least at this point where I didn't really know him that well. Or if I did, I, you know, I probably enjoyed him in, in some things. I think I liked his stand up special at the time. But yeah, anytime he opens his fucking mouth, and the the teeth thing, like even at the like the very end, the end thing is made of his teeth. We gotta talk. Can't even explain unless you we watch gotta, it, which you shouldn't. No, we gotta fucking talk about that because I didn't think this movie could like make me angrier than it was until the very last second of this movie. I was like, what the shit? Like it doesn't even have a fucking ending. Like we talked about how. The last 10 minutes of the movie introduces a conflict and then resolves it. The last scene of this movie is Bucky Larson and Christina Ricci getting back together. Kevin Nealon comes in and screams at him. We freeze on Bucky Larson's face. We circle wipe in. And then his teeth become cartoons and (laughs) go out of his mouth and spell out the end. And I'm like, what the – what? That's why you ends your fucking movie? How did this movie not have blooper credits? This movie's bad enough that it should have had people laughing about blown takes. How did that not happen? Yeah, I would like to see some behind-the-scenes footage of this, definitely. Um, But yeah, that fucking ending just pissed me off. Um, Because, like, we highlight his teeth the whole time. Like, people make fun of him for his big teeth a lot. Keegan-Michael Key comes in randomly just 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 make fun of his teeth and just to mock his teeth so don't you think like maybe they would have done something with his teeth like fucking hot to trot ended that way why didn't this scene end with bucky larson in the dentist chair and gilbert godfrey going what do you think of this mr porn star you know what fucking teeth fixed as much as i do not agree with you on the the glorious wonder that is hot to trot if they had ended this with Gilbert Godfrey playing his same dentist character and establishing that these two movies existed in the same universe, where he is both a horse dentist and a porn star dentist, would have justified the Enterprise. I'd have been like, yep, okay, I hated this movie, but it's not the worst thing in the world because at least I know that there's canon. This has got to be like the tenth time we have like said, you know what would make this movie better is if it was a spinoff of Hot to Trot. I mean, I know John Candy's dead. 
I don't know who the like the John Candy of today would be to voice because I think you bring back the horse and then he uses his horse powers of insight to help Bucky Larson be a better porn star. That's the movie. <laughs> okay, uh, Gretchen, now would be a good time to pop out the puppies. just happened my brain just sparkled can we talk about nick swartzen's o face because if there's one thing that just like i if i could show you one thing about this movie that would guarantee you to hate it it would probably be that the the cum scene yeah I, that's what i have it in my notes and of course it's i say the cum scene after that, there are many more cum scenes. But the first one, in my notes, I just wrote, I keep screaming because that was what I, it was happening. And he's doing, he's like screaming like a monkey. And that's the joke. I was just, I, I was in the fetal position in my bed, just going, ah, ah, ah. Like, and not like ironic. No one else is in the room. I'm not performing for anyone. This is just how I felt viscerally in the moment. That's, that was my reaction. Yeah. It's gross. It's unsettling. I, <sighs> And you just like look back. What were they doing when they were filming this shit? I will. I guess I know what they were doing when they're filming this shit because the director of this movie also directed um, the hot chick, which I've never seen. It's um, it's awful. Not this but, bad, but it's awful. But he also directed the comebacks with David Koechner, which is a movie we could watch for this podcast, but I would never want to watch for this podcast. Could it? Up until Bucky Larson, that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life was the comeback starring David Koechner, directed by Tom Brady. Not the Tom Brady you're thinking of, the one that directs shitty-ass movies with close-ups of jizz. You've literally listed his entire filmography. He's only directed those three movies. (laughs) I don't think he was allowed to direct a movie after Bucky Larson. Either maybe he wasn't uh, that close of friends with Sandler, or maybe even Sandler couldn't save that guy's career, like... Sandler couldn't get him, you know, the job on Grown Ups 2. He's like, sorry, man, I just, I can't. And think of that it. for a moment. Dennis Dugan pretty much has a career thanks purely to Adam Sandler at this point. Yeah. But fucking Tom Brady couldn't manage that. Oh, my God, man. This... I feel like the job on an Adam Sandler movie as director is just to be on Adam Sandler's wavelength as far as making everybody happy. Like, I don't think you, like he doesn't care if you suck. He just must make sure you make it a party and that's it. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he took it too seriously. <laughs> oh, that's why there are no blooper credits. <laughs> Nobody was laughing because the director was too much of a Kubrickian taskmaster. No, make the cum face again. <laughs> there was no fun on the set. That's why there's no blooper credits. They filmed the cum scene all day until they got it right. No, Nick Swartzen, dig deeper. Deeper into your craft. I'm still not believing you're coming. No, I don't want to buy a movie. I I want to be in one. Let's go. We just sell the porn. Do you want to make it? You have to go to the valley. No way. Is that far? We just, the bus went to a valley in Colorado. Is that it? Did I miss it? No. Just go over the hill. Take Laurel Canyon. All right, good, thanks. How you doing? All right, hot on. 
Fart in my mouth! Fart in my mouth! Fart in my mouth! Fart in my mouth! That was funny when the doll said fart in my mouth. That was kind of funny, but that was where, no, in my it. head, my question is, is he mentally challenged, or this is he supposed to be? And later on, a character in the movie asks that question. I'm like, holy shit, the movie's asking my what, what I want to know. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's – I never got the impression that he was supposed to be, like, yeah, mentally handicapped in any way. I think he's just sheltered. Like, he plays Yahtzee every night with his parents, eats dinner. Like, the beginning of this movie, when he's with his parents, he's, like, very polite, like, perfectly mannered, and almost acting like it's, you know, Sunday after church, you know, and he has to be, like, on his best behavior – but, like, he wants to be like that. So I think he's just, like, sheltered. Like, he never learned about masturbating until the beginning of this movie. We see his ascent into adulthood, basically. So well, I think was, he's just a child. This was, like, the first bit. It was when he walked into the porn store and thought that's where you become a porn star. Like, why would he – even a shelter? That's just – that's something, like, a, a person who doesn't understand how the world works at all does. Like – why would you go into like blockbuster video if you wanted to be an actor? You know, it's like, that, and that, that's the first time I questioned it. And then it was in the come scene, the first one where it felt like I wrote in my art, like in my notes, this feels like rape to me. Like, because he's so like, like I don't know. It, it felt it reminded me of the scene in fame, you know, and like, the, the, yeah, makes the girl take her shirt. Like, that's what it felt like, even though he's totally like, they make every effort to make him consent and say, like, no, I want this, and I know what this is, at least to the extent that he knows anything. But he doesn't know what this is, because yeah. when he wants to be... Because he never specifically says, like, I want to be a porn star. He just says, I want to be a star. So he just goes to... And, and that's why we had the question earlier, like, does he just think all movies are porn movies? But no, he knows the difference because he says nude movies. So he does know the difference, but so I guess it specifically is porn that he wants to do. But, but then that's even part when, of the joke is that nobody makes the like the the judgmental distinction about that. No one ever judges porn as anything but a perfectly reasonable thing to do, which yeah. it is. But I mean, you'd think there'd be people who'd be like, "You're in porn? Ooh, that's gross." Nobody in the movie, and that's part of the joke is the parents are cool with it, and they're like, "Yeah, we're kind of celebrities, and we go to the porn awards and everything." And and Christina Ricci's fine with it. Like nobody ever questions it. I get that that's the joke. It's not a funny joke. Yeah. Um, but even when he gets on the porn set, it seems like he doesn't know what to do. You know, Don Johnson, who we haven't mentioned, plays the, uh, like, Burt Reynolds. What's his, what's his name, Knights. George? What's the character's name? Oh, fuck. I forgot. What is it? Oh, you didn't write it down. His name is Miles Deep. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Miles Deep. Uh, yeah, Don Johnson plays Miles Deep, the porn director. And so he's take, telling Bucky, like, okay, why don't you take your pants off? And Bucky's like, oh, okay, like almost like that's I didn't know that this was going to be part of it, you know, like, well, what were you expect? So, yeah, I don't I don't see consent on Bucky Larson's part. I see people taking adva- advantage of a child man. That's the thing. He's such a man child that even if he's saying like, yeah, I want to be in porn or at least I wanted I want to do this. You don't believe that he has the mental capacity to make that choice. You know what I just thought of? Um <laughs> And this might be a, a big stretch, but along the Tom Green lines of where we we finally did come to an understanding of what he was trying to do with Freddy Got Fingered, yeah. um, even though we disliked it. And to be <clears> fair, <throat> I laughed at the cum joke in that movie because it was elephant um, cum. Oh, I did. I did not. I certainly did not. But along those same lines, 
Nick Swartzen plays Bucky Larson in this movie. And Bucky Larson is a porn star who uh, is not your average porn star, but he becomes a success because people value what they have because they don't have Bucky Larson. Do you think on some level Nick Swartzen is doing the same thing as an actor in this movie? Like, I will be so terrible that people will love my movie because that will make them respect other movies more. There's no way that's intentional, but I feel like that is the effect. I mean, it's certainly, it, it elevated Epic Movie and fucking Freddy Got Fingered in my mind. Because if that was his intention, he was completely successful. I'm looking at Tom Green's Freddy Got Fingered and going, I could watch that again because it's not Bucky Larson born to be a star. So yes, Nick Swartzen did what he set out to do. He was the worst possible form of entertainment that it makes everything around me look better so if i know my eternal optimism can shine through that's the thing i know i don't think he's doing that intentionally i think he's just that bad but he doesn't understand because and that's what this is the only context in which i would recommend bucky larson if you are one of those people that reflexively thinks that jack and jill is the worst thing adam sandler's ever had his name attached to and you're still holding on to that that jack and jill's a bad movie watch them both watch this first and then watch Jack and Jill, and then tell me what you think of Jack and Jill. That's the only way that I'm saying watch Bucky Larson is in that sort of almost. If, if we've ever ever do like an internet challenge, like a YouTube challenge, that's it. It's it's the the Bucky Jill double feature challenge, and donate some money to charity while you're doing it. But fucking just watch this, and then watch Jack and Jill, and then fucking tell me which one deserves six Razzies. Well, I'll even go a step further on that. You could watch both of these movies side by side on mute and just see which one you want to turn off um, quicker. Because even with the sound off, like I said, I watched this movie like three times on mute in the background just because I didn't want to get up to turn it off. I would have had to physically get up. And I watched the thing on goddamn mute and it was pissing me off. Like this movie is visually upsetting. As well, everything else. I mean, it's upsetting in every way, but it's just visually upsetting. I don't want to look at it. And even the context of like, it's about like sex and porn and jerking off. And I don't want to do any of those things anymore ever again because of this movie. (laughs) Oh, God forbid you're jerking off and you think of fucking Bucky Larson. I just, ugh. well, because like there are actual like porn stars. I think in this, I think that some of the actresses in like the the, the scene of the, like the old film awards at the award show, actual, yeah, yeah. I and it's like, yeah, I don't like the next time I'm in, I'm like going on Pornhub. I'm worried I'm gonna see somebody that I recognize from this movie, and that's gonna remind me of this movie, and then it's just gonna be, it's gonna ruin my dick for me. Uh. I also want to talk about with Jack and Joe. We talked about how. The thing that saves that movie from some of its more crass elements is the Jill character is so sympathetic, mm-hmm. and and like you 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 root for her, you want her to succeed, and you feel bad that like there are all these forces arrayed against her, including her own brother in many points in the movie. This like Christina Ricci's character is sweet just by virtue of being played by Christina Ricci, but her character is just kind of dumb. Like there's no character in this movie that has any kind of saving grace where I'm like, oh that. I can at least key into that character's experience in a way to let me enjoy some some of the movie. There's nobody. Yeah. Don Johnson maybe comes the closest just because like he's kind of like a an underdog down on his luck guy. But yeah, no. This movie had nothing to cling to. No, it's terrible. You have to make your characters human. I believe I've said that multiple times. 
But, you know, you can have an absurd, wacky comedy. You can have a movie with no plot at all. I mean, this movie doesn't have any plot. But the main reason it's terrible is, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why it's terrible. But Bucky Larson isn't a real human being. So you have no way to sympathize with him because he's not like of this world. He's not of this earth. And so you, there's nothing to latch on to. And the movie starts with a guy getting his dick sucked by goats. So that's where it starts. And then it ends with Bucky Larson's fucking teeth turning into cartoons. Where in the middle of that is going to be any kind of fucking humanity? Beep. Screw it. We'll do a cold read. You're a pro. Um, Owen, press record. And uh, Bucky, go for it. Okay. So, yeah, no, your character needs to be just real. I think if Nick Swartzen would have played this character like an actual like actor would, maybe it's a notch better. It's still I probably know, shit. But I, but... I mean, I, I felt more for little Nicky and he's not he's a cartoon character. No, no, no. I disagree with you wholeheartedly there. I'm not saying I felt enough like baseline bare minimum for appreciating him as a character. But if you like just ranking the the two of them, I think like his at least him, like you get like he meets his mom and, ha- and like he's like has a loving relationship with his dad. It's like there's some kind of just like ephemeral shit that you can be like, OK, I guess he fits into this crazy world a little bit. It's, I don't know. There was just a little more. There was just enough there where I'm like, fine. I'm I don't I'm not I'm not hurting because I'm watching this. Like that wasn't a painful movie to watch. It wasn't good. I remember it being a little painful, but there is enough to latch on where you understand the family dynamics. This movie doesn't do that at all. He finds out his parents does porn, and then his parents are like, "Yeah, we do porn," and he's like, "I want to do porn," and his parents are like, "Go do porn." We won't, like, look after you at all, even though we know you're, like, not able to take care of yourself. They just put him on a bus to California and say, like, be a porn star, son. Follow your dreams. So, yeah, no one's a human being in this movie. Well, and I think the scene that encompassed it for me more than anything is there's a scene towards the end. It's actually when they have they have sex, Christina Ricci and, and uh, Nick Swarsden, and they do the, con- the makeshift condom scene. Yeah. Where like there's this really like soft romantic music playing as she cuts the tip off a, a a straw, melts it so that it seals, and then gives that to Nick Swarsden as his condom, and he's like, it fits. That's how small his dick is. Mm-hmm. This is the payoff to the the worst, most painful meat cute in the history of film. When they're like, like they meet they they meet the crazy guy in the diner and they're laughing and it's like, oh, this is how we're establishing their them as a romantic pair and this is how we're the culmination of that no you can't do it this way you have to fucking make your movie better (laughs) no your characters can't be human beings but once again we're looking more favorably on every other movie we've watched up to this point because of bucky larson so in that way it's a bit of a success i mean i want i want to go because we've talked about all the stuff we've, we've said is the worst for this podcast now i'm just thinking in terms of like like inappropriate comedy. I mean, maybe not that far, but like little Nikki. Yes. If you would have asked me yesterday, is little Nikki a terrible movie? I would have been like, absolutely. If you ask me now, is little Nikki a terrible movie? I'm like, 
I'll watch it happily, dude. I just watched Bucky Larson Born to be a Star. I need something. <laughs> Anything. And on that note, what will be we be in for next week? Well, let's find out. Would you like to pick a number between 1 and 158? Shit. Uh, let's go with 102. 102. Uh, okay, you're going to have to pick another number because um, I, I know we've looked up. We Well, in, unless you want to watch like a... It's Michael O'Donoghue. Re- oh, why is he even on the list, George? You fucking yeah. asshole. No, he shouldn't um, be on the list. He was only in season one. So unless you want to watch an episode of season one, but an episode for Michael O'Donoghue, we're not going to find that. Just pick a fucking other number. Okay, well, let's just go with uh, 105. 105. Yeah. Nassim Pedrad. That's another one. We can watch Aladdin, I guess. Aladdin... Or or we could watch an SNL episode. In fact, I'm inclined to say let's do an SNL episode because at least a modern SNL episode I might enjoy. Let's see if I can find anything. Find a weird like like Justin Bieber that kind of thing. Like find something yeah. you know weird host. Oh, there's the uh, January Jones episode. Ooh, I remember her being noted as particularly terrible. Yeah, she was a terrible host. Um, there's also Megan Fox. That's the episode where Jenny Slate says fuck. I feel like <laughs> we keep going to that well of, is there ever an episode where somebody said fuck or was in blackface? Let's do that. If you want to watch the Steve Buscemi episode, that was a classic. I mean, I don't know. If, I, know I don't necessarily remember this one. I mean, he's in one of my favorite sketches of all time, the, the Alice in Wonderland sketch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Steve Buscemi or January Jones, I will do. Either. You know what? I need I need a palate cleanser. I need something that I'm going to laugh at that I'm going to enjoy. Fuck it. Fuck the audience that wants us to be in pain and watch bad shit and be angry. Let's watch a very funny episode of SNL featuring Steve Buscemi. Yes, I will. I'm not going to go. I won't go to bat. This is not a perfect episode. So there are going to be sketches in this or in this episode that you will hate. But there are going to be at least four sketches in this episode that you will love. Okay, next week when we're talking about this episode Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I hated this sketch for whatever dumb shit reason I bring up. Just go, oh, so you want to watch Bucky Larson again, do you? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so for uh, for next week we will be watching season 37, episode 8 featuring the great Nassim Pedrad. Wait, is she even in this fucking episode? (laughs) I don't care at this point. She does not have, like, a uh, headlining sketch, but she is in the episode. She plays a reporter. Uh, she plays Grandma. Okay, she has two. She we plays have Grandma watched, and a reporter. We have watched whole movies for less. But I guess this episode of Saturday Night Live is Saturday Night Live related, so we can watch it. Um, so season 37, episode 8, hosted by Steve Buscemi, musical guests, The Black Keys. This is an episode I remember watching when it came out and going – Fuck, this show is great. This episode kind of got me back into Saturday Night Live after a while of, like, not being into it. Like, after this episode, I started watching, like, every episode. I was like, I love Saturday Night Live again. It might have done the same for me had I seen it, because I, I, like I said, the, the, the old one in the 90s is one of my favorites. And I'm I'm surprised I didn't seek it out just because, oh, Steve Buscemi's hosting again. You know, I, I, I'm surprised I've never seen it before. Yeah, this has got your Bill Hader, your Jason Sudeikis, your Kristen Wiig. Uh, you're Paul Britton. Paul Britton's in this one. But yeah, this is a good one. Um, so yeah. Uh, let me ask, though. Does this have a Californians in it? 
It does not have a Californians in it, but it does follow our um, tradition of picking episodes with blackface in it. Oh, my God. We're still in the Fred Armisen as Barack Obama era. There's ne- I, I, I'm calling it right now. We're never going to watch an episode of SNL that does not have blackface in it. Nope, we always will. Uh, so season 37, episode 8. Watch oh. along if you want, because this one, I, I love the Steve Buscemi episode. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, see, I'm, again, I'm, I'm looking at the optimistic side of the world. I just watched Bucky Larson. I have finished talking about Bucky Larson. I can now remove Bucky Larson. Fuck, I have to edit this goddamn podcast. Shit, I have to think about Bucky Larson one more time. Uh, hey, there's the pessimist coming out. Uh-oh, I'm, I'm getting a text alert on my phone. Bucky Larson 2, greenlit by... No. <laughs> if Bucky Larson 2 came to Netflix, the look on my face would be the opposite of shocked. Well, the fact that, like, I mean, it wouldn't be Netflix. It would be where I actually watched this film, Crackle, which also oh, produced did. Joe Dirt 2. Because <laughs> I searched it in Roku, in my Roku TV, and it said, hey, it's free on Crackle with ads, and I guess, fuck it, I guess I won't have to download it. Wait, you watched this movie with ads? Yes, I did. Oh my god. You know what was better than the movie? The fucking ads. <laughs> that that's probably does make the movie it's better. Like a you brief got like a respite. Oh, I get to watch somebody sell me shit. I don't have to be looking at Bucky Larson's fucking cum anymore. <laughs> It just cuts to the fucking Charmin bear, and you're like, oh, my God, I, I fucking love – Tom Selleck, can you sell me a reverse mortgage, please? Here's, a, here's, a, here's an ad for Trump. I might, I think I might vote for <laughs> Trump now because he saved me from that 20-minute chunk of Bucky Larson. There you go, Z. Trump don't look so bad when compared to Bucky Larson. Imagine if Trump was there running against Bucky Larson. <laughs> Who would you vote for? Oh my God! Okay, let's end I on that fucking. Suicide. Let's end on that fucking conundrum. Donald Trump, Bucky Larson. Who you who you voting for? <laughs> for president of the United States? <laughs> Fuck! I don't know. No, I don't know either. I never thought I'd be torn in this situation. You know what? I do know. I'd vote for Trump. If Bucky Larson, and we're assuming he's a real person in this universe. Yes. He's the Democratic candidate. It's not even a question of like not voting. Like I'm going back and forth with Biden. It's like, do I vote for him or do I not vote? I'm voting for Trump affirmatively just to like, no, just to show that you need to vote against Bucky Larson. We all need to band together and stop Bucky Larson. Who knows what he'd do with power? All right. (laughs) On that note. I guess Trump 2020. I guess. (laughs) Didn't think we'd get here. (laughs) What did this movie make us do? (laughs) Well, until we meet each other again. Get off the shit. Don't.